Five-Year Mission, the podcast, episode 56. This episode of Five-Year Mission, the podcast is brought to you by Fansets, your home for all things pop culture pin related. Head over to fansets.com and see all that they have to offer. And also stay tuned at the end of the episode for a very special offer from us here at Five-Year Mission. It appears to be working. <laughs> so we'll just, we'll just hope. Hope and fear. Let me see your notes. I'm going to check over there every once in a while. No. No, let me see them. No. So that I'm not no. asking questions before you get a chance. No. Wow, Chris. <laughs> I thought we were friends. By now you figured out that this is the five-year mission podcast. Welcome to Five-Year Mission, the podcast, the only podcast hosted by a band called Five-Year Mission. I am one of your hosts, Andy Fark. And I'm the uh, other one. That's Who Chris Spurgeon. Uh, we are sitting in a lovely uh, east side Indianapolis, uh, not going to say undisclosed location, uh, <laughs> sitting across from us that you just heard giggle at that. Uh, we have the wonderful, the talented, the lovely Bonnie Gordon with That's us today. That's me. It's you. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hi. Um, Already I'm, singing? Oh, oh, shoot. Oh, oh. Uh, I hope uh, there's lots of sing songs. Cut it and post. Don't, no, don't, oh, no, don't, don't blow your wad so early, Bonnie. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yes, I do that. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Bonnie Gordon. Yeah, well, I'm glad we finally got to sit down with you. you were... Right? I just had to fly across the country to make this happen. Right. Well, only halfway across the country, though, at least. Well, I'm, I don't know. I don't know maps. <laughs> it wasn't coast to coast. You're, we're, we're smack dab in the middle of everything. So we're, fine. We're, we're right of center. I mean, you're like Eastern Center, just just yeah. like just like our politics here in Indiana. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I'm in East Indianapolis, so from the west to the east. That's right. Further east. Hey, than, I'm than further than east than where I was <laughs> in Los Very Angeles. Very true. Yes, Bonnie comes to us from Los Angeles. We actually met you in Chicago. That's right. In, yeah. What was it? March? Something like Something that. Something like March. that. Well, honestly, actually, I met you guys years ago at Star Trek Las Vegas, Did but you, you don't you don't remember me. It's fine. I was in, I was Did? a. Uh, I I was uh, I was just like walking by and I was like oh and I like you know trying to talk to you guys all ignored me I'm just kidding I'm kidding but no I did meet you guys <laughs> years ago uh, but um, again it was so long ago we're okay. such prima donnas. I just thought it was we really are. fun we, you just can't talk to us and maybe and maybe you 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 two weren't at the table at the that's time. true so blame it on the other members yeah. that's that's fair Mike was probably there I, I'm, uh, yeah I'm usually no, yeah, the one we'll missing that. It, it was, it was, it was Mike him. it was Mike. I'm like the social butterfly at conventions that mm-hmm. has to go around and talk to all the other people there. So I don't I, let I don't let them come to me. I didn't like have a table or anything. I was just there as like a, a Star Trek fan. This was before Prodigy, oh. before everything. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of like wee. <laughs> just by the seat of your pants. Yeah. Wee. wee. We'll get to Prodigy, but not yet. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Not oh yet. gosh. No, that's spoilers. okay. That's okay. You, that's, Cut it in post. <laughs> I, I think that uh, <laughs> probably. Well, I, I hesitate to say that's what you would be. The best known for because you've done so much. Maybe yeah. in the in the Star Trek realm. Currently, currently, yeah. currently. currently, exactly. But no, I feel, um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm known for other things. But let's let's go back because I did look at the Wikipedia page. I haven't written my, on my own Wikipedia page, so I'm Neither have concerned. We. Well, what's what on I'm, there? I look. <laughs> I am guessing though that there are some just kind of the general gist is there, and what I didn't realize is how much. That you've done. I mean, I, it so might be all lies. Basically, like, this is a this is a whole Bonnie Gordon. This is your life thing now. All, all right, of a sudden. Genesis. A yeah. star was born. Let's start. Well, begin, boys. You began in Louisiana, correct? I did. Okay, that you're is, from correct. from Louisiana. Born and raised. Okay, mm-hmm. and this may or may not be true, but 
<laughs> I hear tell Ooh. that your grandfather was po- portrayed in Band of Brothers. He was. Correct? He was part of the. Oh. He was part of the five hundred first. Uh, uh, no, wait, that's Star Wars. <laughs> wow! I do he was that. A yeah, my you're, my grandfather was a stormtrooper in World you're, War Two. You're mixing Star you're Star, Star Wars and Tom Hanks vehicles now. Wow. Oh God, he was in the. He was. Oh my gosh, he was in the Band of Brothers. Okay. Oh my goodness, it, but I do that sometimes. Numbers are hard. Math yeah, is hard. Um, he was in the. Uh, the airborne uh, band of brothers, and so it in in the movie and in the book, like he's a big part of the books. And mm-hmm. in the movie, they had an actor, uh, Ben Kaplan, playing yeah. oh. him. So it's it's really interesting uh, to, that a British man played my Cajun <laughs> slash Mississippian grandfather. I was like, that's a choice, but ben, he did a great job stealing jobs from our hardworking uh, yeah, American from Cajun our hardworking Cajuns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Now, was that your first, at that time, mm-hmm. was that the most entertainment adjacent that you'd been? No. So, g- growing up, I loved music. I loved, uh, I-, I discovered theater and, and music and and became a little, like, theater bug. Were you uh, a theater nerd? Did, I was. Because I totally get that. I totally was. <laughs> and I was a musical theater uh, uh, major in, oh. in college and an opera minor oh. as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. And that's when you were... At Northwestern State University. That's correct? right, Northwestern right. NSU. Shout out! It's every whenever I say I, I went to Northwestern, people are like, "Ooh, in Chicago." Ooh. I'm like, "No, the one in Natchitoches, Louisiana." <laughs> so maybe not so well known, but still has a lot of heart. Still, yeah, yeah. Now from there you went to Disney, right? I went. Orlando. So Hurricane Katrina happened. Yeah, and I guess my Wikipedia is pretty accurate. Yeah, there you this go. Is where we're getting it. Yeah, yeah. So Katrina happened, and uh, I decided to uh, fly away. Literally to Literally. a different location from Louisiana and was, no, was worked for Disney World. Did that instigate that, or was that something that you'd already been? I always playing? wanted to leave Louisiana. Not that I don't love my home, yeah. um, but again, I I wanted to pursue a career in the arts. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, my, my original plan was to go to school in New York City, and or and I also applied to Boulder, Colorado, University of Boulder, oh. and I got in. I got into NYU. I got into Boulder, but I couldn't afford either, so yeah. I ended up uh, staying in Louisiana because it was. Free and cheap and and home. State school. Exactly. But after Katrina, I kind of took it as, you know, this is kind of a sign. They were pulling so much funds from anywhere they could to help rebuild the state. And the first thing to go with a lot of education um, funding was the arts. And so as we were seeing budget cuts, you know, and... And all the colleges from New Orleans, they were busing all the students to all the other schools all over Louisiana oh. and Texas. So our, you know, some of our classes tripled overnight because the, um, you know, there were just busloads of college kids now in our classes. So it, it got to the point where I felt like no matter what, I wasn't going to be getting the educational experience that I wanted right, to. Yeah. And also, I it was. Great excuse to <laughs> go play in a theme park. Come on. I mean, you know, of course I'm going to, you know. Oh, Mickey Mouse was like, he will take you. And I was like. <laughs> so Were you an entertainer oh, there? Um, I Cast member. I cast a, member. I was a cast member. But they're all cast members, right? That's true. Yeah. yeah. I was a tour guide at the Backlot Tour. So it okay. was kind of still in the entertainment realm I had a 45 minute script that I had to do oh. and that I sometimes followed <laughs> I thought my why does that not surprise me about you oh man what was some of the stuff I would do I I loved to incorporate music into my tour which was a big no-no for them but you know I, I would do stuff like um 
You know, it's a tour of props and a tour of spiels. Oh it's God. a tour of costumes and cars on wheels. <laughs> There's so much that we show that you won't want to go. It's a long tour after all. Everybody, like the whole tram, it's a long tour. Anyway. Oh, my God. Um, I love it. I love and it. Now I don't work there anymore, so they can fire me now. That's true. <laughs> Ha-ha. Copyright be damned. Ha-ha. <laughs> I loved working there. You know, I would I would spend all my days off in the parks playing, and I'd go to Universal. That's what I've you know, heard. I I was young. I was like ni- 18, 19 years old. Oh, perfect age for that. So time. so for me, like I didn't realize I was getting like pennies on the dime for. <sighs> you know, a, a wage. I had no idea what a yeah. living wage was. I was just like, oh, a check. Wow. Ooh, Ooh I can eat food. But no, I did, um, I also got cast on a show outside of Disney and that kind of like jump-started my career career. But was that just like a like a musical that you were doing outside that, of that or no? It Tony's was here. Tony and Tina's wedding. Okay. Yeah. So Look at you and your research, Chris. I know, right? I know. I'm so impressed. I feel like <laughs> I feel like I'm being interrogated right now. Well, here. every time I saw, I saw Tony and Tina and... I don't know if you remember, but there was this Escape from Witch Mountain movie, like oh, a yeah. Disney movie, I remember when Escape I was a kid, and it was Tony and Tia, and they were just uh, like these little witch kids, and so every time I saw it, I'm like, is that, is that what this is? is this about Yeah, they witch turned it into children? a theatrical play, <laughs> yeah, where children. a big family wedding with, with the aliens and everything. Like, why did they change her name? <laughs> Copyright. Anyway, yeah. so you did the that, and Tony and Tina's Wedding. It, it's a show that's been going for, on for so long. I mean, I have a feeling a lot of the, the locations have closed since covid because mm-hmm. it's it's a show where you you know family style eating and whatnot but oh. um it was it was in new york city for many years it was, i think it was like one of the um it was in the it's the longest off-running off-broadway uh dinner theater show in new okay. york mm-hmm. uh they had a location in vegas as well and then so i was so i i was in part of the original cast in the orlando show oh. and did that for a while and then and then nice. I ended up later, well, you know, skipping a step, but I ended up later in Vegas doing that show as well. Now, okay. is, that, is that step, the traveling with the Romani show? Yes. Okay. <laughs> the my life, I should write a book. Rendition. I feel like, honestly, I feel like my, I'm like, wow, my life is actually kind of interesting. Well, when you play, it, when you play it back for me, I'm actually kind of yeah. cool. I told you, I was looking at all this. I'm like, I didn't, that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> this is amazing. I can't believe, this is, I'm excited for to talk like to Bonnie. three to four months of my life, I went on tour with this, um, they were Romanian uh, horse trick riding show. Where the first half of the show, we traveled to Ren Fairs all over the world. The first half of the, tr- the show was um, the uh, they were all dressed as knights, uh-huh. and it was a competition to where they had like the different they had like the jousting, yeah. sword mm-hmm. f- fighting, different games, the weird like, rope things. They'd have to get the the their lance through the through hoops, the rings, the yeah. Ring, yeah, all that oh, stuff. Okay. And I was their MC. Oh. And I, so I got to create a character. I got to improv. It was just me being a winch. Actually, I was like, yeah. I believe Wikipedia calls you a barker. I, I guess. <laughs> that um, makes sense. Like a carnival barker. I would say like an MC. I like, yeah. I like the MC. Yeah. It just, yeah. It I was just like, uh, yeah. yeah, it was yeah. me. Like, uh, but no, I was more of a, um, like, you know. I was Lady Thistle, like I'm a real lady, I is. I did this whole oh, thing. I was so like, come cockney. here, beeps and bobbies, let's go. And we do the whole show. 
and then um, the all the guys would like yell at me and you know make fun of me. Oh and it was God. like it was like me versus the boys type yeah. of thing. So while they're like riding past me, I'd be like, "Why don't you go slip into something more comfortable, sir? Like a coma, you know, like stuff like that." It was it was fun. Just roasting them yeah. as they were jousting. I'd be like, "Ladies and gentlemen, the hardest part of this next trick is the ground." Stuff like that. It was a lot of fun. I came up with really funny. Um, you know, insults. I looked. I looked up like medieval insults. Oh, um, yeah. old English one-liners. Yeah, mm-hmm. old English one-liners. So I had a lot of fun playing Lady Thistle, and then like the second half of the show was their like beautiful like trick riding show where they're like blowing fire and doing oh. like acrobatic tricks on the back of the horses, which I of course did. I held the machetes <laughs> and like held the fire, but didn't do anything else besides that. In Machete that handler show. and MC. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was like, oh, you know, I MC the show, hold the machetes, typical Tuesday. You no, know, whatever. Fair. So it was, it was a lot of fun, but I, I only did that for a short while, and I was thinking about going back to Orlando, but didn't know if I wanted to go back yeah. to, you know, theme park life to down Florida there. To general. Florida in general. And uh, luckily, one of the producers of, uh, Raphael, um, the producer of Tony Tina's Wedding, mm-hmm. said, hey, the Vegas cast, we just had a few people leave. I can literally drop you in full time. Like, yeah. we, they, the two they're, the two girls that are leaving played the parts that, I was trained in like oh, multiple okay. parts, yeah. like three okay. or four parts. So I could just jump in full time, do it five, six days a week. And I was like, yeah. Hey, so I moved to Vegas. <laughs> I had just turned 21, oh, driving across the country wow. to Vegas like a little, on a little bitty car, Ooh. a little Toyota Echo. Had an air mattress and a lamp. That was like my... I was... Man. Living the dream. Living the an dream. An air mattress, a lamp, and a wish and a smile. That's right. <laughs> now, see, now you're in Vegas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're doing the show. Doing the show. So at what point do you start doing Star Trek? The experience. The experience. Yeah. So that I get I get to Vegas in 07. Um, so then I... Yeah. I was doing Tony Tina's wedding there. I, I was singing at the Roxy's Diner. For a short time, I was singing with a few bands as well. There's a mm-hmm. shout out to my uh, to my ladies, Killian's Angels. It was an Irish female rock band. They were oh. amazing. They're still out there rocking and rolling. Oh, wow! Um, I was their baby. They they let me come in, and I, I just like start. I just kind of forced my way into the band. Come in, like, young pup. Let yeah, us show I, you like, the world. Yeah, I like ran up to the stage. I'm like, I know a song in Gaelic. I used to I used to sing. Um, Back in New Orleans when I was like 16, mm. 17 years old, I used to sing in an Irish pub and, and like a couple bars. I was singing in bars way before I should have. Uh, wow. yeah. yeah. And that was what led me to how I am today. <laughs> <laughs> what you see Were you singing What you see is what you get. Theme appropriate music at the Irish bars or was it more like a... I was... So I was part of a show called Celtic Christmas. I was, I was doing stuff like that. But I... You know, I'm singing drinking songs and all these things, you know, like yeah. as a as a child. But I also speak a little Gaelic and <clears throat> can sing in Gaelic. So there was a song called Erin Gromacree that mm-hmm. I would sing and I got up and sang it in um Vegas w- with Killian's Angels one Ooh. night and they were just like, Oh, this is interesting. And then they just started You're like legit. pulling and then I was like, I also sing Proud Mary and then so we start that song and and, and then they just let me be a part of the band. I, I or I wouldn't leave. <laughs> right. So that's kind of how I feel of me just like one day just crashing your guys' band. I'll just be like, Hey guys, let me like, sing a cover with you. It's and then I happen. just never leave. And then I'm your I'm like your token well, our your, official I'm mascot. I'm your token nurse chapel in the That's background. right. Yeah. We've, oh, already we'll harass, have it. we've already harassed you about maybe recording with us for mm-hmm. for our next in. album. All in. We just we have to figure out what what, what? we're doing. Yeah, we yeah. we're still fleshing things out. Oh, we yeah. we were talking about it. Oh, I know. I'm excited. <laughs> um, I'm ready. 
I'm ready to so jump you've, in. you've always had this music in your heart. Yes. So to speak. <laughs> well, I, music's always been a huge part of who I am, and I, I love singing, you know, I love performing. So, um, you know, but I was always so afraid to, like, I mean, I'm jumping ahead, but I was always so afraid to perform my own music, my own, like, original right. music. Um, but, yeah, Vegas was was great. I, I sang with a few bands, loved, loved doing that. And then, yes, I got cast in Star Trek The Experience. Ooh. What a fun job. Shout out to my <laughs> old buddies over there. Man, when that thing closed down, I'd never seen so many Klingons cry. That's like what we've seriously, heard. that that was such an amazing amazing place. And what what a cool thing to have. I wish I wish they brought they would bring When it was back that or, when you were there? Uh, 08, 2007, oh, 2008. Okay. I was only in Vegas for a short time. Now, what, was, what was your character I, was really at cool, the experience? Though. So, I remember, I do remember one of the names of the characters was Ensign Thomas. I was on the track, like, we we were like a rotating cast. So, mm-hmm. you get trained in all these different, um, you know... Like, whoever shows up for that ex- day or exactly. shift. Exactly. Yeah, well, you get trained, you know, you're, you're being, like, rotated around. And then, like, mm-hmm. when you get to a certain role, then you get... You know, you get a break for lunch, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, it's really bizarre. But I remember I I would always almost have ensign pips because I looked really young. And, oh. and like, there's no way I could pull off, you know, you're, commander. You're, you're, you're no admiral yeah, at that point. Yeah, exactly. You're no lieutenant That's commander. That's the fastest rising admiral we've ever seen. Yeah. But that would be always the thing. Like, I, I'd have to make sure that I had, like, the right pips on. You'd have to, you know, because, wait, I'm Ensign Thomas this time. I'm, I'm this person. I'm that. So you'd have to, like, remember who you are, where you start. As of 2 p.m., what's my rank? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm a pip show. So you weren't, in, you weren't in Vegas very long. I was not. So, I was part of the closing cast of Experience. Of okay, okay, yeah, that's, that's what that's I heard. What, it's what made me a Trekkie. So I... Okay, that's, that's, that's where I was going to go next with I, that. I... Yeah. BS'd my way through that audition <laughs> so well, you know, because they want to make sure you can improv. If something goes wrong, you have to yeah. know your stuff. Um, Quarks is yeah. all about, you know, be, improvising with the diners and whatnot as an alien. So the, during the audition, they really, you know, press your improv skills. And I... Okay. Luckily for me, I knew I knew enough of Star Trek to because I you know I was a nerd yeah and I was in the you know fantasy you, sci-fi love so I knew enough mm-hmm. but it was a lot of like you know asking me a question and I was like that would break the prime directive so like <laughs> Bonnie I'm like I'm sorry I can't I can't disclose this information you know and I would just do that and then but once I got through the audition they were like okay maybe start watching some so that way yeah. you can answer things. Other than that. Okay, so, yeah. so so now what was your, like, after that audition, what was your, like, jump-off point, like, that, that anybody, like, Next steered gen. you into? Okay. Next gen. Well, and the reason being is I was mostly going to be on the Klingon encounter side. Okay. Of, or yeah. the Klingon, the, uh, the experience had two sides to it. Track the Klingon, or whatever, yeah. Yeah, the Klingon side and the Borg experience. Okay, side, okay. The Borg 4D. And they were starting me on the Klingon side. Basically, they, they, they were putting me in the next gen spandex instead right. of the... You know, DS9, Voyager it's type next. costumes. Yeah. The ones that were a little bit more forgiving. Yes. They put me in the not-so-forgiving ones. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll wear this. And I, I knew that I should start watching Next Gen because I would be communicating on the screen with Commander Riker, Jordan right. LaForge. Like, I wanted to be familiar with those characters. Yeah. And I, so I just dived in, started watching it. It was great. And then um, I think I became a real hardcore Trekkie when I... 
started rewatching everything. I wanted to like, you know, I was like, you know what? I want to start from the beginning. From the beginning. Yeah. And that was a little bit later after the experience. But, but I, the I went straight to original series, mm-hmm. animated series. Maybe could have skipped Ugh. that one a little bit. I'm the only one that likes the animated series. I don't series. mind it. There's some great exactly. things. Exactly. That's my opinion. I don't mind it, but it's nothing that I would like sit down and rewatch. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to rewatch any anytime soon. Maybe yeah. like one or two episodes. The glommers, at least. Yeah. I do like that they have Kazinti in it. For some yeah. reason, I have a soft spot for the Kazinti. Maybe because I'm a cat person. Exactly. I think it's main, my... The main reason why I like it is because it it has that look and feel of mm-hmm. those old... The old um, cartoon. Yeah, I just, I just, yeah, it's, I enjoy that. It's not one that I would, that I would, um, frequent, I don't think, but I do do enjoy it. I do all, I love all the different actors playing all the characters. They're just like, they're trying to change their voice a little bit. You're just like, that's (laughs) not who you are. There's like five characters that sound just like Uhura. (laughs) That's great. It was, they did a great job. You're not fooling anyone, Michelle. Love uh, got to Voyager and, you know, fell in love with Janeway. Um, she's my favorite captain, even though Picard has a close, like, right behind. Well, um, I mean, that was that was your first captain, though, so, yeah. Yeah, Picard, well, yeah, was my first captain. Like, you, always, you never forget your first doctor. You never forget your first captain. Exactly. And Picard was my first. Uh, but Janeway... Immediately, when as soon as she started drinking coffee, I was like, "Oh, this is my this is my." <laughs> <laughs> she and I can hang. Uh, and then I loved DS Nine, so yeah, I just, I, you know, I'm, I just love it all. And now, now all this new Trek we have, like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, we what a what a time to be a Trekkie. Exactly. Yeah, then there's, there's something new constantly. Mm-hmm. Like like we we just finished up Strange New Worlds. Oh, just so finished funny. up third season mm-hmm. of Lower Decks, which is by far my favorite right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was great. Oh my goodness, yes. I love, I love that. And then now we're going to get a crossover episode with Strange New Worlds mm-hmm. and Lower Decks, which I'm really waiting to see how they're going to pull that off I'm, and in what context. I'm, I'm very curious too. Yeah. But like, yeah. <laughs> um, but now, since we're talking about New Trek, uh, Prodigy. What's Can, that? I know. Uh, we're just gonna skip a few steps. Like, we're gonna skip a few steps stuff. since we're oh, since we're, we're already on Trek right yeah, now. Yeah, and we'll, we'll circle past, back. Oh, that's we'll true. But we're we'll past, circle back. Well, though. Star Trek experience once it closed down. Yeah. yeah, that's when I decided to move to California. So you moved to LA. Moved mm-hmm. to LA, and uh, that's uh, when things really just kind of jump started for me uh, in both career and life. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Did you start out with? Uh, did you start out doing a lot of voice acting? At, and I know we haven't really gotten to the music yet, and I definitely yeah, no want to worries. touch oh, on that. We're definitely going to get that. Yeah. But um, we'll circle back to the music. But I, as far as your career going toward towards acting and, and voice acting, what where did you begin once you got out to L.A.? In L.A., so I, I got to L.A. I moved to L.A. mostly because I got accepted into the Second City oh, Improv okay. Conservatory. Yeah, I, yeah. I auditioned on a whim. Like I went to like an open. I walked into an open call and got. Sh- uh, shot straight to the conservatory and like oh, wow. all the intro classes skipped and I was like oh wow <laughs> so I was like I guess I'm moving to LA now to be in Second City um, that didn't last very long because I would try and juggle the classes but I was mm. also trying to do theater out in LA okay. and once I would book something like a show I would be in rehearsals and this mm, and that and yeah. I'd miss my classes they'd, they'd want me to take the classes over Ugh. instead of like making them up so it, it just got to the point where I couldn't juggle um, imp- the Second City anymore but was doing a lot of theater out in LA and 
did a 1920s radio play, uh, a serial radio play called Tales of the Extraordinary. And it was a live theater production. We recorded it live in front of an audience, and the audience would do the sound effects. It was a lot of fun. That's cool. And a lot of the people in that show were um, famous voiceover actors like Matt Mercer, Talison Jaffe, uh, Michael Coleman, Kyle Hebert. So it was like all these like giants in the voiceover world. And then me, you know, and I'm kind <laughs> of like, doopy doo, and then there's Maud, you know, and, I, and then they're just like, um, you know, Bonnie, you should really get into voiceover. And yeah. I was like, what's that? You know, they, they pay you to do this? And they kind of held my hand and gave me a push, like a little jump start mm-hmm. um, by getting me in touch with some of these little indie game studios that needed casting for things. And that's kind of, that jump started my, my voiceover career. So I really have like Talison and uh, Mercer to thank wow. for helping me. Get my foot in the door. Yeah, what is what a step in, right? Jeez. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this was before Critical Role. This was before everything. This was yeah. back in like two thousand eight, uh, two thousand nine. So you know, now like I, like I barely ever get to see them. They're they're mm-hmm. amazing people. We still keep in touch. They're great friends, but they're so busy and they're just so like high on this mountain. I'm looking yeah. down uh, up on the uh, <laughs> or looking down from. Wait, I'm looking up. You're looking up. They're yeah. looking. <laughs> They're probably looking somewhere else. Do you need to stand for perspective yeah, to get this I, right? Yeah. <laughs> Levels here, are hard. Here. I'm my hand is the mountain. Okay. Oh, hello. <laughs> I see you. Uh, but no, they're wonderful, wonderful people, and they deserve every every bit of success that they've. Yeah, had. they're they're definitely up there on the voiceover Mount Rushmore. So yeah, yeah. yeah. but so they were the ones who kind of gave me a little um, nudge and got mm-hmm. my foot in the door in the voiceover community so I owe them I owe them everything really yeah because I don't think I would ever even have pursued voiceover if it hadn't been for them saying you know this is a this is a job right yeah and right I'm like, I'm like it's, it's a what <laughs> oh I could make money talking into other people's words into a microphone people pay money for, for me to do this <laughs> oh my goodness oh my goodness that's weird <laughs> What was your so? What was your first gig? Your first voiceover gig? Oh gosh! Oh gosh! Oh, quiz time! Oh, it was a video game. It was like a villain. Oh wow! Oh, it was, the character's name was Frunetti. I do remember that. Frunetti. Okay. Frunetti. And she was a she was a demon, like a villain. And then there was another one that were, that I was a bunch of demons in called Demon Gaze. Demon Gaze was one. Demon Gaze. So these were all little little indie games for PS Vita and. Okay. Stuff like that. I think the, but what I think really uh, pushed me into the VO world where I was actually starting to become known as a voiceover actor was booking Street Fighter. I was the voice of Rainbow Mika on Street Fighter. And that, because it's such a big, has such a big following yeah. and it's such a well known uh, game and like franchise, really, it, I just kind of, fell into it when it came to the convention circuit um it was such a great door to get into working conventions and 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 meeting fans and and doing signings and whatnot did doing that voice open other doors absolutely i mean as soon as you know you have something like that under your belt then it, it on your resume it kind of helps um the other studios to take notice in you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whenever I audition for something and they see that I've, I've yeah. done that, you know, they're like, Oh, well now we have the voice of rainbow Mika on this project. So right. it, it, you know, it, every, Legitimacy. every project helps with the next project in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And that's why I try, you know, I try not to say no to too many things. I want to, 
you never know what what the next even if it's a small yeah what the project, stepping stone maybe yeah or a small project that I help a friend make mm-hmm. you never know like three years later when they're working on something big where they're like you know what I remember when Bonnie did this let's call her in yeah she'd be great for that so I'm a big believer in high tides rise all ships and <laughs> I hope I know in this industry sometimes it's not the case yeah but um, I try and live by that motto and I know a lot of my friends in the creative world do too. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. so you're starting to get voiceover gigs and it's going well. It's so going well. At what point do you, do you see, uh, do you, do you go for the prodigy gig well, or do you, cause I, I know that you've told us this story a little bit where <laughs> you weren't originally, I mean, originally you were just doing, you were doing scratch? voices, scratch vocals yeah, for, yeah. um, for, for Gwen and Janeway. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, when I saw that they were going to be doing, um, when I saw that they were going to be doing animated Star Trek series, I pulled every string <laughs> in my power because I didn't have a voiceover agent at the time. Oh, okay. I, I, I've booked all my voiceovers myself or like through word of mouth mm-hmm. up until 2020. Wow. Um, I, so during COVID is when I got a voiceover agent. After I had booked Star Trek <laughs> is when I got a voiceover agent. I was like, okay, now you want now. me. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. Oh, my God. But uh, yeah, I booked, I've booked everything myself since then. And I did have a commercial and theatrical agent. I'm with Media Artists, Artists Group. And, and I told my agent, I was like, all right, there's, I know you guys don't do, you don't have a voiceover department. Mm-hmm. But I know you sometimes get breakdowns when they want like, Bigger names for this. I have a feeling this project will want bigger names for this. Mm-hmm. So you will get these breakdowns and you will submit me. Like, <laughs> I was trying to use my, my mind powers. I was if like, you know what's good for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. If you build it, they will come. If you submit me, I will book. <laughs> so I, I begged them to find the breakdowns. I also slipped into the DMs. Please, anyone listening, do not do this. It's <laughs> I, I regret this, I think, the most. <laughs> I slid into the DMs of not only Mike McMahon, McMahon oh. from... from uh, Lower Lower Ducks, Ducks, yeah. but uh, the Hageman brothers oh. and they were just so confused they're like who is this person <laughs> and I was like I swear I'm a professional I, I I do voiceovers I'm not just a crazy fan but I am a crazy fan like and I'm I was crazy and I just kind of rambled that. like a three page paragraph of just like would love to audition you know mm-hmm. trying to promote myself and they were just like we don't make these decisions yeah this and isn't us also they're like you know they were probably just like oh no how did um, you get this number? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I was like, think sliding into those DMs. Don't do this, anyone. Don't do it. It didn't. It didn't. That didn't work. If, if, if it makes you feel better, right? But I did get an audition through my agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, submitted for Gwen, and got all the way to the end of the casting process, where I, it was down yeah. to like the last few people. Mm-hmm. And so they brought me in for a callback into Nickelodeon. This was in 2019. Wow. And okay. that's how long it takes. It's, it, it's, right. It's a long process. So I go into Nickelodeon with, um, sorry, yeah. I go into Nickelodeon wearing a like full red dress that looks like kind of Star Trek esque. Mm-hmm, it's yeah. not an actual costume because uh, right. I didn't want to look that nutty. <laughs> I mean, with Who's a com badge, a Star Trek messenger bag, and space print boots. And I walk into this callback, and they were, I can already tell they were like, oh, no, this, mm. we know we know what she's here for. <laughs> and I walk so in, good. and the Hageman brothers are, are in the callback as well. Like, it's, you know, some of the producers, the directors, you know, casting people. Mm-hmm. It's like quite a few people on the other side of the glass. And I walk in, and they were like, 
it's Bonnie from Twitter. <laughs> and I was like, oh no. They were, they were like, you made it here. I was like, I did. I did. Were, so I could tell, I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. They were like, oh, it's that girl. It was memorable oh, at least. It was memorable. Yeah. And the fact that I was obviously a Trekkie, I obviously knew, like I prepared for that callback. I, I wanted it yeah. so badly. And, and if you remember in the pilot, Gwen speaks a lot of different like languages mm-hmm, and, yeah. and, and does different things like that. So I, I like had everything written out phonetically in my, you know, oh. I was like, I was ready. I was so ready to get it all correct and I'm nail this. I'm going to nail this. And I did, I did, uh, I did, uh, do pretty well. And they wanted me to come in to do scratch for Gwen because they wanted, I think a bigger name mm-hmm. for the lead role. So yeah. they had me come do the scratch for her until they could find someone to fit what they were looking for. Right. And it was such a fun process. I got to do, I think, up to eight episodes as Gwen. Oh, wow. Um, and this was all right around COVID lockdown, too. Mm-hmm. So, And then they also call, started calling me in to do the scratch voice for Janeway. Oh, God. That was when I was like, oh, my goodness. I was like, um, that was, I think, the most fun. Because, again, she's my favorite captain. Yeah. So they were like, how's your Janeway? And I was like, oh. what do you mean, how's my Janeway? <laughs> I'll do what I can. It won't be perfect. But I'll get the cadence right, and I don't think Jane. I don't think Kate Milgrew likes my Jane. She doesn't. <laughs> oh my god! I think I. I met her in Chicago. Mm-hmm. We were all at dinner, and we were all sitting around, and and she looks at me and goes, "I hear you do my voice," <laughs> and I go, "Oh no, no, I, 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 I do your." Yeah, I was like, "Not in oh, front of you, oh, I don't." No, please. I don't want to go. I don't want to do it. Uh, but of course, they were like, "Do it, Bonnie. Do it." And I'm like, "Okay." God. So I, I, I did her voice a little bit. She's like, "Let me hear it. Do it." And I do it, and and she goes, "I don't sound like that." <laughs> and I was like, "No, no, ma'am, you don't." She goes, "You sound like Catherine Hepburn. I don't sound like that. I played her on Broadway, you know." And then and then she turns and starts talking about something else, and I'm I'm like looking for any like sign that I've now fired or right. but it, or it turned out it turned out funny but I think she was just I think she was just giving pulling my leg and giving her time <laughs> I'm like look I know I don't do your voice perfect no one can she, no. she's she's a goddess yeah. she's a queen listening to her tell a story is like someone holding court you know mm-hmm. it's, she's just unbelievable just warm butter oh I just love her so much but again, I, I also didn't, I was like, please, please don't be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got to be weird hearing someone it's weird. do a version, do a of, version of you. And yeah. you know it's an exaggerated version, and you yeah. know what I'm doing is nowhere near what she actually does it's sound right. like. It's, I'm just like, it's a mimicry. It's an impression. Yeah. Exactly. And, that's, and impressions are oftentimes exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So anyway, uh, now that story is, is now officially on a <laughs> recording we device. Gotcha. gotcha. No, I'm sorry, Kate Milker, I love you. <laughs> Being a part of that process was really special because, you know, now whenever we're coming in and just doing our parts, like mm-hmm. with the ship computer and whatnot, I yeah. I only get like the the scenes that I'm in or like the pickups that I need to do. But back when I was doing the scratch, they would send me the full script. Oh. I would I would I would just be waiting, to, refreshing my inbox <laughs> like multiple times a day to see when the next script would come because they were. I mean, if you're watching it, it's so good. The storytelling, yeah, yeah. everything. Um, I mean, spoilers, but episode six, uh, the Kobayashi Maru episode yes. that yep. Aaron Walkie wrote. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine being the ship? So as the ship computer, you know, I get this episode and I'm, I'm going to have to go in and record. And 
as a Trekkie, can you imagine me getting to say, like, science officer, Spock, yes. communications officer, Uhura, chief of security, Odo. Oh. And I'm like, ev- after every take, I go, ah! Like, I was screaming, <laughs> and they're like, Bonnie, Bonnie, I know. I would just squeal. I'd turn the page and go, what? Because <laughs> I, I got to record a whole bunch of other people. They didn't know who they were going to get the rights oh, to, okay. who yeah. they were going to get audio from the archive. Mm-hmm. So they just, just in case, they just had me oh, like, just man. nail out Everybody, Everybody, you know, I was just like, I, "What is this rogues gallery I'm yeah, having to announce here?" I was like, "This is my, this is my dream fanfic. This is, <laughs> this is what I want." This in is, a this is my Suicide Squad. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, no, no, no. I no, trust me. I have severe imposter syndrome. Oh no, we do, uh, we do too. My my confidence is a pure optical illusion. Speaking of, I work at the Magic Castle. That's when I moved to LA. That was my first. Okay, topic, that's so. where that's where I wanted to head next with this. Oh, okay. With a lot of your performing, because mm-hmm. I've seen you do the Magic Castle stuff. And now I want to know, if nobody has looked this up on YouTube yet, they need to immediately. Um, (laughs) How did performing with Jeff Goldblum come about? Wow. Um, Because as soon as I saw that, I immediately went to every single person that I was at work with and going, my friend Bonnie is on stage with Goldblum right now. (laughs) I might have peed my pants that night. Um, That was all thanks, and and sadly he he passed away a few months ago. But that was all thanks to my friend Q Fortier. We we met uh, Q in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, dear dear friend of mine, um, who is was a master of of pulling strings of himself, and mm-hmm. you know would make opportunities for his friends. If he believed in you, he would do everything in his power to help you get to where he thinks you should be. Wow. And uh, we were there. Um, he had. It was, this was years ago. He had won some kind of charity, to and the win the the winning thing was to be able to to sing with Jeff Goldblum's jazz band. Oh my god! And finally, and then COVID hit, and so it obviously got pushed. Right. And then whenever everything's opened back up again, he mm. wrote them saying, "I don't want to sing with his band. I have I want to pass this on and give this to someone who should sing with the band." Okay, and. So that was all. That was all him. And I get there. So we didn't know what song I was going to do. We didn't know what key it was going to be. We had no rehearsal. Oh. Jeff Goldblum had no idea who I was and if I could sing at all. Right. This was just like, oh, this lady won a charity. You know, like. <laughs> this, yeah. this could be a nightmare. This, this could, could be, be wonderful. Like, for all they know, I could have been a Make-A-Wish, you know? Like, this was that level. They had no idea who Bring I was. you wish yeah. So I get up there. And, you know, we, we decide ahead of time, like right before, that it was going to be bewitched, bothered, and bewildered. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know what key it's going to be in, and I don't, I don't know anything. Um, and then I, I turn, you know, to the saxophone player, I think it was, or some, one of the guys up there that looked like he was kind of like the musical director. In like, charge. In charge. Band, yeah. And I was like, so how is it? Like, is it a first chorus, first bridge chorus? And, he, and Jeff overheard him. He's like, you're doing the verses? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, oh, oh, she knows the verses. <laughs> so I, either that was like fear in his voice or, yeah. or, 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 or excitement. Or yeah. That I knew the verses, but also that he's like, oh, no, the song is longer. That means this, if she can't sing, we're all in trouble. <laughs> right. And it was such a cool feeling after like singing the first phrase. Uh, there's there's pictures of like his face and like video of his reaction. He was just like, he just, he didn't even play the piano for like the entire first intro. He was just like staring and like wow. doing his face. Yeah, he was doing the Jeff, like the Goldblum, the Goldblum face. Goldblum yeah. face. <laughs> and uh, doing his arms and, and it was 
such an amazing um, oh. opportunity and such an amazing feeling. And then the audience reaction too. Like the yeah. minute I start singing, they all just started like going crazy. Like, this is actually a they're thing. They're like, oh good, she's not, a, she's not some random person <laughs> off the street. I mean, I was. But, um, well, yeah, not anymore. It was... It was such an incredible. Oh, that had to so be so surreal. My one of my favorite memories. Yeah, uh, which is why I had to ask yeah. about that because I mean, my both of my kids are obsessed with Goldblum. Oh, who isn't? I mean, I, I don't trust as, anyone who doesn't. As love is Goldblum. most of the world anymore. Right. But yeah, it is. I could not imagine the fear and butterflies going up to perform with Goldblum. Fun fact too, oh. I met him before, uh, and I Just told like him this. this on stage. Like after I sang, I was like, "We've actually met before," but I looked a little different, and he was like. Even more confused. He came to the Magic Castle. So during the, the holiday season, uh-huh. I'm the Mrs. Claus at the Magic Castle. Oh. Yes. So he came in with his family one mm. year uh, during one of the brunches when I was Mrs. Claus. And of course, I was just like, oh my gosh. Uh, so Mrs. Claus, you know, I, I shuffle up there with Santa and we're all talking and I'm like, Mr. Goldblum, uh, you know, uh, and he said something like, Oh, you know, Oh, Mrs. Claus, am I on the naughty or the nice list? I was like, Oh, you're on my special list, dear. Don't you worry. Um, and I always get the question without fail every year, like Mrs. Claus, uh, do you, you know, do the naughty children, do they get, you know, coal, or am I getting coal in my stocking? You know, mm. I think he said something like that, and I'm like, "Oh no, dear! Coal is a natural resource now. We can't afford that. <laughs> All the naughty children get Nickelback CDs." <laughs> and um, he thought that was funny, and that was that. That was it. But I kept going like, "Oh, Mr. Cole, you're on my li- like you're you're on my list." Yeah, my literally, yeah, yeah not Mrs. My Claus. Characters. I'm channeling myself now. But so I got to tell him that story. I'm breaking character, but you don't realize. Yeah, this. you have no idea what's happening in my behind, behind <laughs> Ooh, this. The naughty things I'm yeah. thinking right now. Yeah. So he loved that. I, I got to tell him in person, like, "Oh, oh I met you. Man. I met you a few years ago. I was dressed like an old lady," and that, his face was like, <laughs> "What?" And I was like, "Let me, let me explain." Let me explain. There's more to it. Yeah. Let me explain. No, too long. Let me sum up. I love the Magic Castle. It's, I, I'm a, you know, it's so funny doing voiceovers and music, you know, people don't sometimes realize the magic community is also a huge part of my life. Like I, I know way too many magicians. It's a little (laughs) embarrassing. It's when I go to Vegas and I'm just like, oh, like, it's like. Seeing all my friends Who's on posters. performing where? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, and all, anytime I go to Vegas with friends, everyone's like, let's go see a magic show. And I'm like, oh gosh, mm. you guys, I see magic every Enough night. Enough magic, guys. I'm up to here with magic. <laughs> I get, you know, you get cut in half. You get cut in half. I'm sick of it. <laughs> Everybody has quarters behind their Everybody ears. has swords in their bodies. I'm done. <laughs> pick a card, any card. I don't want to pick anything. <clears throat> I want to pick a way out of here. Yeah. Yeah, but I love magic. I love uh, I love the magic community. I love the magic castle. It's like a second home to me. Now, did you, did you have like an inn at the magic castle? I had an inn in the sense that I could get in as a guest because okay. you, in order to get in the castle, you have to be a member or a guest yeah. of a member. I've, I've and always I knew heard enough tales. magicians vaguely through living in Vegas that mm-hmm. I was able to get in as a guest. Okay, and I fell in love with it, and I. Kept showing up anytime I could, and I would ask at the front desk, "Are you hiring? Are you hiring?" <laughs> and they got so sick of me asking, they finally caved and said yes. Well, or I just had good timing. Mm, the one right. day after like three months of asking, someone got fired. She's here. I've been there. Uh, yeah, I've been there fourteen years now. This wow. December. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was actually that long. I know. 
<laughs> it was supposed to be like I'll just work here a year or two to start out my yeah. my career in Hollywood. You know, fourteen years later, I'm like I'm still here. <laughs> See you at the company party. Yeah. I'm part of the wood now. <laughs> yeah, Bonnie's just decor now. Yeah, uh, that, actually, that's not too far off from what yeah. I do. <laughs> I'm the, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> when I do go to the castle and and walk in, you know, the members. They all treat me like family. Everyone oh, there is just, so good. it's so wonderful. Oh. I love that place. Anyway, I gush. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Did you miss anything on your list there, Chris? I know. I'm well, trying to fill in the blanks. I feel like we um, would what be remiss tangents? if we didn't talk about your music. Oh, right. Yes. Because I do. Isn't this a music podcast? So, no, I was, I was waiting. Oh, well, well, I was, oh well, 50-50. Okay. 50-50. I knew that you did music, but I wasn't really that familiar with it until recently I started listening to some of your your stuff to research oh, and yes. I will say that it takes a particular person to be able to pull off a good parody mm-hmm. Weird Al being one yes Weird Al is a so huge inspiration he's, I he's often, the god of the parody I so. always walk into you know this a situation where I'm listening to a parody with a certain level of skepticism hesitance so yeah, there's some I, I hate to <laughs> use the word lazy but there's some lazy parodies out there yes. yeah to where you yours not included. Thank you. No, because not at all. I have very much enjoyed them. Um, I was listening to uh, uh, what was it today? Spider Man, oh, which yeah. was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> that's a fun couple, one. Uh, well, it, Library Bards. That's yeah. that's. Are you are you still doing Library Bards or is this? Yeah. So well, Xander Genre is my band partner. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people know him from like TBS's King of the Nerds and a lot of yep. the, the mm-hmm. TTRPG realm of Twitch, uh, Relics and Rarities, Dungeons and Dragons, all that stuff. TTRPG being tabletop role playing games. There that's we just go. also <laughs> actually stuff that I do too. But that's a whole other podcast conversation. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's this one. Yeah, that's my life too. I'm wearing. I, I mean, you can't see it, obviously, listeners, but I'm wearing a, a necklace made of dice right now. It's wonderful. So, um, I've been. Eyeballing it all, you, you you keep touching, and I'm like, that's such a cool necklace. This is how <laughs> yes. I make life decisions. Um, <laughs> I go to the store, and I'm like, oh, should I buy milk today? And then I roll a d20, and I'm just like, no, I'm not doing milk today. <laughs> um, I'm going back for the back for the candy bars. <laughs> with with parody and comedy music, uh, Xander and I. So he was on a show called King of the Nerds. I was on a show that we, that was another step we skipped uh, yeah. called The Quest. It was okay. a fantasy reality show on ABC. Yeah. That was amazing. It was I remember shot that in show. Austria, lived in a castle. It was great. What? I, I don't overs, remember like, that. Typical Tuesday. Save the Queen, you know, no big deal. <laughs> but uh, we were both on these nerdy reality shows and we were friends. Mm-hmm. And so we started doing a little bit of panels at conventions of like behind the scenes of a nerdy reality show. And we knew we knew that shtick wouldn't last very long so like how do yeah. we keep booking conventions mm-hmm. but something that's ours that's our project that you know like abc and cbs will yeah. tbs will come after they us they won't ding you <laughs> and uh that's how the library bards got created we both sing we both love music we both love comedy and we just were like this is a perfect way to share our love for the nerdy fandoms that yeah. we enjoy with others so the the music and the arrangements are is that a uh, Total collaboration, or does one person do, do one thing and, and somebody else do another? How, yeah. So with, with the with the with writing the lyrics, Xander and I, we you know, we'll with the fandoms that we're really passionate about. For mm. example, the Princess Bride song, I wrote that one by myself. Love that one. Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Xander is a huge Power Ranger fan. He wrote <laughs> that one. Uh, he also wrote like the Sailor Moon song, mm-hmm. and then a lot of the other ones we'll, we'll come up with ideas for. And like yeah. for example, like I'll start writing. 
I think I started writing like the Sailor Moon, or not Sailor Moon, the um, Spider-Man parody. And then like I got stuck on like a certain part and then I would pass it on to Xander and like mm. let uh, fresh eyes take it. And then I'd move on to another. So we just, uh, it just worked out. Like we we both, we both like to be witty and funny and, and uh, come up with ideas together. So it was a, it's a huge collaboration. As for the music, we would hire, um, we would hire musicians to make the tracks for us. There's a mm-hmm. few that we use. Uh, our friend Sam uh, is one, as well as uh, um, we used Breakmaster Cylinder for our Princesses Captive okay. song. Oh, um, that's it has kind of that eight bit sixteen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And then cool. uh, oh, oh gosh, I I don't want to make mess up anyone's names, but. Um, <laughs> Oh, wait, wait, wait. there's some incredible, look at, look at the back of our albums. There's some right. incredible guy. There's some incredible, uh, people who have made our tracks and we, that we collaborate with quite mm-hmm. a bit. And, um, and, uh, so we, we get those made and then we go in and record and we try and get as much done as possible. It, it's kind of chaos yeah. when we record and, and we wanted to keep doing it. Um, obviously with COVID we went on hiatus mm-hmm. And then when things started opening up again, I started doing cons again. But Xander kind of wanted to focus more on his his solo career mm-hmm. of of doing more things with Twitch and and the TTRPG community. And because he streams so much, it's difficult for him to travel because oh, the minute yeah. he's away from the yeah. uh, you know taking away from the the Twitch streams, loses he's, he's going to yeah. lose revenue, yeah. lose viewers. <clears throat> So it just made sense for me to start doing Library Bard solo for now. Mm-hmm. We're not saying mm-hmm. that it's that's how it's going to be forever. Right. It's just more of I'm I'm working on more solo music as well. So it made sense for me to take my solo music and Library Bards and kind of create my own solo act um, yeah. at conventions for it. Yeah. yeah. So your solo music is that all original music that you? <gasps> I am so excited about it. <laughs> let me talk just, about my yeah, new yeah, album. Yeah, we were just about to hit this. Ah, we're going to close with a banger. So uh, my solo album has been so long. For those listening that like helped with the Kickstarter and have been waiting for it, I am so sorry. It is, I, I had no idea the amount of time. Because I'm doing it all by myself, not just the the writing and the music and the this, but everything. The, the studio... Um, the studio rentals, the the instrumental hiring of all the musicians, the getting the mechanical licensing, basically mm. everything by myself. It it just was so overwhelming, and it took me a lot longer than I thought I, yeah. I could. And also, I'm I'm a perfectionist, which is never a good thing. <laughs> no, not and because it was a lot of my original music that I was sharing with with the world for the first time. It's your baby. It's my baby. So I wanted it to be perfect, and it's getting close to being perfect. I. The, the city itself it's called Con Artist. Uh, uh, we talked about and this the title. Chicago, the title yeah. song Con Artist is uh, it's a love song that you think I'm singing about a criminal, but if you listen closely to the lyrics, they all have double meanings to be actually about an artist at Comic Con in Artist mm-hmm. Alley. So nice. you know, a lot of like quick drawn son of a gun references. You're the, you're the next <laughs> one to be framed. Uh, he has a weapon full of lead, but it's a pencil. You know things yeah. like that. So I like to, even though it's a. You know, it's not a parody. I still like to keep it a little tongue in cheek. Yeah. And also, it's uh, clever. I like I like play the on word words. play. Yeah. Yeah, I like wordplay. So people can listen to the song, think it it's about this, and mm. then they they find out the twist 
listen to it again and it's a whole other song. Now. Yeah, it's a whole new viewpoint from you it. Got, yeah. You're like, oh, that's funny. Ah, I get it now. I get it now. <laughs> oh, she's not trying to commit crime. She just wants her portrait done. Oh, it makes so much more sense. So do you have collaborator, uh, collaborators for music on this as well? I do. I'm, I am so lucky that I found the musicians that I have. So I, I work with such talented musicians. I sing with a few bands in the Los Angeles area mm-hmm. already. Um, I sing with like a meatloaf tribute band and oh, I was able man. to pull the bass player and the drummer from that. Um, oh. and, and the bass player also does a lot of arrangements. So he arranged some of the songs. One of my dear friends in LA who is also like a music mentor to me. Mm-hmm. I've, I've worked in a lot of shows with, he's a musical director. Um, works uh, with Richard Sherman a lot from the Sherman brothers. Oh, yeah. Uh, but his name is Richard Allen and he's probably one of the most talented pianist I've ever met and is also an arranger and he mm. he's worked with me very closely with, with all the songs as well and I, I'm just blown away I, here's the thing I, I wanted this album to be super special with Library Bards we used orchestrated tracks mm-hmm. with this album it is all live musicians and I'm talking like violin mandolin harp a horn section I went a little overboard a little I'm not saying less. every song has all of that that yeah. would be a little much but you know, obviously, uh, I also wanted to showcase my natural singing voice. A mm-hmm. lot of people know me as a comedy musician yeah. uh, that does parody for a lot of pop and rock music. But this this album kind of leans a little bit more towards blues and jazz, okay. which I'm a huge fan of, especially being from Louisiana right. and loving the old standards, like singing with you know, Jeff Goldblum's jazz band. Like that's the kind of music I love to sing. Okay. Okay. So it is still nerdy for all you listening. (laughs) It's still very nerdy. It's half covers, half originals. Okay. And the covers include stuff like a jazzy version of it's not easy being green from the Muppets. Nice. Why don't you do right? Jessica Rabbit song from who framed Roger Rabbit. There's a bossa Nova medley of the original series theme and the enterprise theme. Because everyone needs a little bossa nova. No, are, yeah. you, are you using the weird lyrics? Oh yeah, it's US. Oh my god, it's 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 a. I performed it on on. Uh, oh, did you? at this convention that oh. we're recording? I performed it Friday night, and I think a lot of people were like, "Oh, the oh, the, those are the words." <laughs> She's saying words. There, there's words now. And uh, let's see the the theme to the last unicorn. Oh wow! Uh huh. That's nice. a deep cut. Yeah. Oh gosh, I'm trying to think of what else is on there. Oh, oh, Storybook Love, the song from The Princess Bride. Oh, nice. So, uh, and so I, I wanted to show, I wanted to m- make this album, uh, all the covers are fandoms that have made me who I am. So it's mm-hmm. Princess Bride. It's, you know, like the old 80s animation, like Last Unicorn. It's yeah. Star Trek. It's the Muppets. So mm-hmm. I was pulling from everything that I love and hold dear. And then my yeah. original music is a little bit more personal. Um, I have a song about a friend who died called Jacosa. It's about uh, my friend Jacosa who passed away not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a song called Four Letters. It's about ADHD oh. and, and living with ADHD. It's a blues rock song. It's pretty funny. <laughs> um, and then I have a song that I, I love called Enough. And it's about imposter syndrome. It's a song I wrote to my younger self. Uh-huh. Um, and I feel like so many people out there in indie, in any industry, but mm-hmm. I, I think especially in in entertainment feel like they're never you know talented enough uh, oh I don't sing well enough mm-hmm. I, I'm not pretty enough I'm not this I'm not that and and with the rejection that we get every day 
in this industry, I wanted to kind of write a song to remind myself and my younger self as a child that like, yeah. you know, you are enough. Like yeah. the, 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 all that's all in your head. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully when, when people hear it, they also kind of feel that feeling of being enough yeah. as well. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank this you. album sounds amazing. I Thank want you. it right now. It's coming. It's coming. I <laughs> swear. Enough. I'm hoping. Like, don't, don't. I don't know when this is coming out, but next I'm, week. Okay, okay. Yeah, I am quick. hoping, crossing my fingers, that it'll be out digitally by the holidays. Okay, Ooh. nice. It's being mixed right now. So imminent. We're, we're getting so close, but again, it might not be. I don't want to. You know, I can't promise. That's that's a lot of work for my my poor mixer to You know, to anyone do. listening to this has to deal, knows of us. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, Our mixing and recording woes. They, they know how long it takes to do yeah, this stuff. It's a lot yeah. it's of work. A, it's, it's a big... Pro, uh, a very tedious... Mm-hmm. Well, and then day jobs rewarding on top of process. that, too. Yeah, yeah. So, exactly, yeah. exactly. And and that's, and that's... And with COVID, it really put a damper on... You know, I had to be very careful. I, I couldn't have all the band at once. We had yeah. to separate everything because LA has very strict studio mm-hmm. um, rules. And also, you know... I couldn't afford to get a giant studio where like, let me put the horn section in this corner. And that, you know, like, I'm like, Oh yeah, it's $1 million. Dollars. Studio three. Yeah. Like capital records. Let's go. Um, so I had to, you know, we had to get a smaller studio and like, we could only fit a few people in at a time. Mm. And, and due to COVID, we had to make sure everything was safe and spaced out. And cause we recorded this, you know, early of this year, like a lot of the music, mm. like February, March, April. So there was still that, um, you know, still a little bit more stricter rules before the, the summer, before these new COVID um, variant shots came. came oh, in. Yeah, the booster yeah. before the boosters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm just so grateful for everyone who's worked on it, and I'm so grateful for everyone waiting for it. I know my Kickstarter backers are like twiddling their thumbs in a corner, <laughs> going, "Okay." And hey, my, my yeah, and I have a Patreon right now, and and they're you know they're eagerly waiting for it as well. So I'm gonna start you know putting in as much little sneak peeks as possible and updates and yeah. I, I might release one or two as a single uh, if I can't get the full album ready by the holidays well, sneak I think. peek at least uh, uh, the four letters song ADHD is pretty okay. much done so I might release that as a single for Christmas alright was that your first choice as to like this is going to be the single no I honestly thought Con Artist would be okay but um, it, Con Artist is a Beast of a song. That's the one where it's like, you know, it's like piano, drums, bass, guitar. Uh-huh. And then we're like violin. And then we're like strings. And then we're doing this. And it and it gets big. And it builds and builds and builds mm-hmm. and builds. And and then I just let the band go crazy at the end. And they're just like, they're rocking out for a good yeah. minute or two where I'm just going like, you know, wow. It's, it's, so, <laughs> it's such a fun song. And it gets so... It starts out so like intimate and like sultry and like mm-hmm. sexy, like singing about a con artist, and then it just builds, 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 builds. Key change, build, build, build. You know, so <laughs> I, it's such a beast of a song that I do want to release it, but that one's gonna probably I don't even know how long that's gonna be to yeah. mix because that one's all that's, over the place. That's a lot of layers to mix. It's a in lot that of one. layers. It's so, a lot you know what layers. this song needs? Chimes. You know what this song needs? A string section. <laughs> you know what this song needs? More violin, live violin. <sighs> Um, probably needs cowbell. Always. Always. Probably. Always. Always. More percussion. Yeah, yeah. right. Thank you. Yeah. But so, no, I'm just so excited for it. I really, I really am. That, I, I I'll love I'll share that. some, once we turn this off while we're packing up, I'll share yeah. some of the music with Ooh, you. Ooh, that's exciting. Sorry, viewers. <laughs> <laughs> Our listeners, listeners. 
you can't insider see. information. For you staring at your speakers, viewers, I guess. But you know. So I, I think um, what I want to know we we've we've been going for a while now. Yeah, sorry. But, oh, the, no, this is great. Yeah. No, but what I really you like get two to know episodes worth for me. <laughs> right, is we could. What, what, what's your aspiration? Like, what do you want? What do you want to do? Like, where do you want this all to take you? What do you want to do with your life, Gordon? <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Um, I, my answer to this is always the same. I just want to make a comfortable living doing what I love. You know, sadly, I'm, I am not there yet. A lot of people, you know, they have like a warped vision of what living in Hollywood is like. They think like, oh, you do voices on Star Trek. You do this, you do that. And I'm still living paycheck to paycheck. I'm still, you know... Um, paying off like medical debt and this and that and you know at the end of the day going like oh maybe I sh- maybe I will eat a lean cuisine and <laughs> you know like because I can't afford to you know it, it, people don't realize I have like four jobs just to get by yeah. which I'm not complaining I, I'm so grateful for everything that I have and, and so grateful for the life that I have and, and all the travel I'm able to do with the conventions um but I think a lot of people, you know, with, with social media, they get this obscured view mm-hmm. of what it's like because, you know, they see me traveling and doing this and that and they don't realize, like, I'm lucky if I break even sometimes right. with yeah. with doing um, the con circuit. But with that being said, like, I feel like I'm only just, like, one or two opportunities away mm-hmm. for being where I want to be. Um, I would love to... I mean, knock on wood. Like if, if, if anyone's listening out there who has the power, the powers that be, I would love to be able to do a live action role on a Star Trek show. Oh yeah. Um, so many people have been so kind with loving my computer voice, mm-hmm. saying that oh you're like the next Majel Barrett, and I'm like, yes. Now let's actually make that true. Yeah. And you know how many roles did she play? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Mama Troy, still one of my favorite favorite oh, roles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's. It's one of my favorite roles, and I, I to play a role like that or just anything. Yeah. Honestly, I just would love to do more on camera stuff because so many people see me as like a, a voiceover actor and mm-hmm. don't see me as like an actual actress. That I'd yeah. love to, you know, get my feet wet in, in more on camera. Let me show you what I can do, world. Excuse me. <laughs> come Bunny along. coming and, through. Yeah, come up and see me sometime. Except I'm on the top floor, and you're <laughs> yeah. But no, I. I want to, uh, I'd love to do more music now mm-hmm. that I'm, now that I, this first album, now that I've figured out all the things that I've done wrong, <laughs> I want to, <laughs> I want to go back and like, okay, now I know, now I can learn from these mistakes and yeah. like make it, it'll, the next one will be so much more easier. More easy? Sure. Sure. Maybe whichever. Grammar. Fine. And. You have a song about that. I do. <laughs> I do. I do. And then, um, I'm actually pitching a bunch of my own shows right now. I, I I came up with a bunch of different concepts. I got really bored during COVID. Came up with a bunch of different like TV show ideas and I'm currently in the process of pitching those. So I'm hoping one of these noodles that I throw at the wall sticks and something comes of it. I'd love to keep, um, doing music. I'd love to keep sharing my love with, of nerdy things with fans and basically doing what I'm doing now, but Mm. on a grander scale. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love I love easy. your ambition. Thank you. you yeah. It sounds like you're just it's trying to do everything you want to do, and I think that's 
That's, that's great. You're on the right track for it. It's so exhausting, y'all. The hustle is real. <laughs> I'm going to be 37 in a few months. And I'm just like, oh, man, maybe I should. Like, isn't this the time when I'm supposed to, like, have things figured out? Oh, well. Oh, well. I'm 45, and I barely have it figured out. Yeah, well, thanks, <laughs> thanks for giving me thanks for giving me hope. Yeah, just saying, yeah. you know, I'll eventually figure it out. But you know, cool. sometimes it takes a little bit longer. I think when I hit forty-two, I think that's the golden year, right? You know, all the life's answers are answered. Sure. Like the meaning of life. Forty-two. Anyone? No. I got you. We, no, we got you. We get it. You grab you a towel bring and a towel. Go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Bonnie, we love you. I, I think love you're you amazing, too. And thank you. We're pulling for you. Thank you. <laughs> Get that album out, kid. Well, that will be coming out soon. But, yeah. but until then, where can people follow you? You can follow me all over social media at Bonnie Bell G. That's Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, for as long as that survives. Uh, I guess Hive. I'm on that. Hang I don't on. even know. Um, uh, Facebook. Oh, gosh. Everywhere. Uh, oh, Patreon. I have a no, website Patreon. now. Oh, BonnieGordon.com. <gasps> Easy to find. Uh, and then, of course, Library Bards is everywhere mm-hmm. yeah. as well, at Library Bards, if you want to check out that. I have a YouTube channel, both uh, Library Bards and personal. I'm going to be starting to do a lot more content. My goal is to mm-hmm. to do a lot more content uh, um, for both my Patreon and also just getting more more music out there, more videos. <sighs> just, <laughs> just keep... Keep going. I might have to wait till after December because now I'm getting into Mrs. Claus season. And uh-huh. So I'm, I'll be yeah. dressing up like an old lady a lot. <laughs> so, I don't know. You just might see a lot of those videos for a while. Most of works. my TikTok is me as Mrs. Claus. So It'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, you can, do, you can incorporate other characters dressed up as Mrs. Claus. There you go. Like an undercover Mrs. Claus a, type thing. A Mrs. Claus mashup. Of, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like it. I'm for it. Okay. I'll get right on that. <laughs> go ahead and steal my ideas. Just one fine. more thing for Bonnie to do. Yeah. Let me just add that to my yes. docket. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you guys are so wonderful. And yes, I can't wait to uh, crash a, a five-year mission. We're going to make that thing. happen here. Yeah, so. It's going to be fantastic. We definitely are. We, yeah. we have a lot of songs right now that we're just trying to piece together Absolutely. and get to the point where we can say, okay, now we need what some extra vocals need? here and here and here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I get it. I, doing this album, you know, Library Bard, doing the Library Bards albums were so different than what I'm doing now. And you guys are a full band that you have to go in and record everything, yeah. make sure everything is, you know, tight and ready to go. And I, I like doing this album has been so eye opening to how things work <laughs> in music. I'm like, oh, oh, so this is how it's done. Usually, we already we just kind of throw it together and yeah, yeah. Here you do this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no. oh, trust me. We've we've self recorded and yeah. mixed all of our own albums so far, and it's just like, oh, is it done yet? It's very oh, rewarding. Here's, you get that box of CDs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can only imagine. CDs. That's what I'm excited about. Well, and then by the end, you're done. Like, here's the fourth variation of this mix of the same exact song that <laughs> yeah. you need to listen to. I turned the bass up by 0.75. <laughs> yep. Okay. And that's the thing is, is it's just me right now. So I'm listening to it going like, oh, man. Like, I, And I'm trying to give notes, but... I'm so close to it that, and I'm such a perfectionist. Yeah. I'm like, all right, this one note with the, and the, the poor guy mixing is like Bonnie. And I'm like, just, just, just do it again. I'm sorry. Don't hate me, please. I'm so sorry. Oh, uh, you know what that's like. Oh, trust me. Oh, yeah. dear. Anyway, well, yay. Bonnie, thank you so much. Thank y'all so much for having me. Oh, and yeah. y'all are just such a delight. And I love, I love the whole uh, Trek Geeks 
family and just everyone's just so wonderful. I'm actually amazed that Bill and Dan didn't snag you for an interview while you were right there and we beat them to the punch on this one. <laughs> oh, they're coming for me. <laughs> five-year mission and do you like getting exclusive content you should head over to patreon right now and visit five-year mission because we've got all the exclusive content you're not getting on any other social media there's videos pictures sometimes we post news there before we post it anywhere else behind the scenes of us working on albums and podcasts and sometimes just pictures of us goofing off that we don't put anywhere else only on patreon and there are many options to choose from. You can be a lieutenant commander, you can be a captain, you can even be an admiral. Each of those comes with their own special perks. One of the perks of being an admiral is that you get to be a producer on this podcast. Currently, our producers are Carol Jones, Jen Tift, Helen Lake, Steve and Frankie Palopoli, Roxy and Becky, Debbie Rinke, Madison Rachel Jones, and Jim Morehouse. So what are you waiting for? Go to Patreon slash 5-Year Mission right now. That's the number 5-Year Mission. And sign up. It's that easy. pins i love pins and i'm not talking about some flimsy flare no i'm talking about high quality amazing you have to have it enamel pins i love these things and there's no better place to go to find pins from your favorite nerdy properties than fansets.com you'll find everything star trek but you'll also see more from things like ultraman to fantasy worlds of Irwin allen that shows like lost in space and land of the giants people and brand new for the holidays get yourself a murph holiday pin that adorable blob of goo from star trek prodigy is sporting a santa hat complete with delta and the year 2022 get it while you can and grab a fan dangler while you're at it and don't forget to use the promo code TREKGEEKS. That's all caps, no spaces, when you order to get a satisfying 10% off of anything you buy. And spend at least $30 to get free shipping. Fansets. Our pins have character, and we thank Fansets for sponsoring every dad blamed episode of 5-Year Mission, the podcast. John Billingsley, Phil Flox, Hollywood Food Coalition here. Guess what? Trek Talks 2. It's happening. You asked for it. You got it. January 14, eight hours of premium Star Trek entertainment. Amazing guests. Mad Capri. Insightful social commentary. Musical interludes. Support HoFoCo. Check us out at HoFoCo.org. Helping people in need for almost 40 years. 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the 14th of January at TrekTalks.com. Net. Live long and mark your calendars. Again, trektalks.net. Is this what this podcast is about? Like, you just interview, like, people's lives or whatever? Yeah. Because yeah. I'm, like, I'm not, like, taking over no. an entire podcast of, like, let me talk about me. The, me, me, me. Do, should I talk about this, this, is, this is the Bonnie Gordon episode. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is strictly you. No. This is not a... This is not a... Like, tell me about where no, you're No, this is not a segment <laughs> on the show. This okay. is all you Everyone's for Everyone's tired episode. of hearing about us. Cool, cool. We yeah. want some... Great. More about me, then. Different content. That's right. Oh, I'll keep talking all day. Tell us more, Bonnie. I'm a rambler. Boys. Tell me more, tell me more. Wow, then Greece. I moved to Las Vegas. All right.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Fiverr Mission Podcast. If any of you are interested in listening to more of our music, you can check us out on YouTube or Spotify or iTunes or pretty much anywhere that you can listen to music. Just search for Five Year Mission and we should be the first thing that comes up. If you would like to contact us in regards to the podcast or anything else that you want to talk to us about, you can email us at fiveyearmissionband at gmail.com. And for more information about the band, you can go to fiveyearmission.net. And also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Five Year Mission, the podcast, is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.